we're back supernatural podcast is back um and dan has some very big news would you like to share yes so i am going to be a dad yeah i did tell you on the last episode but before we started but the news wasn't out there in the world it was a little bit of a secret but now we're another month yeah. down the line we're uh yeah and i think by the time this podcast goes out and I found out the gender as well, so it's all happening. How exciting. It's super exciting. It took me all my effort not to say anything, because, like, you know what I'm like, Mrs. Gob. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so it's exciting. Congratulations, so, Dad. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're, like, 17, 18 weeks at the moment. Then we find out that we're going for a private scan to find out the gender. So, yeah, the time's just flying by. I don't know. Yeah, when is the um, so the baby is due they keep on giving us different dates so like it's pretty much mid to end of November so yeah we're going to have a winter baby a Christmas baby fabulous oh well congratulations to you and Helen as well that's just awesome news and um, yeah the domestication of Dan continues <laughs> like when we started this podcast three years ago if you think about how well how your life has changed <laughs> I know I used to be a wild hippie like barefoot just yeah. living on my own, you know. Now I've got like a dog. <laughs> I live with Helen and Emily. I've got a baby on the on the way. Um, and like my days seem to be made up of, you know, fixing the house up and making everything baby proof. So it's it's good though. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, welcome to my world now. You understand like how I had to like you know it's it's hard to fit everything in when you've got a baby and a dog and everything. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to fit everything in now. I don't know what it's going to be like when a baby comes along, but I suppose a lot of listeners will understand this uh, this dilemma and you just make time, don't you? <laughs> yeah, the baby just create, it makes you make time. Yeah, you have exactly. no time when there's a baby. Everything seems to be like a military procedure to go anywhere. Just to leave the house <laughs> yeah. takes about two hours of preparation. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's all good fun. You're about to have good fun. It's uh, life-changing, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Yeah, it's all good. So yay to Dan and Helen, congratulations, and Emily as well. And um, so today's topic is, what is it, Dan? It's completely unrelated to any sort of childbirth <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> real life situations. It's the mycelium layer. Jill said she's going to take the lead on this one because ah. <laughs> this is not my strongest subject. <laughs> I do know a little bit about it. But a funny story, we were actually going to do a different episode jill said oh we should do morphic resonance and i was like yeah really good it's a really interesting subject and in the back of my mind i was thinking i'm sure we've <laughs> spoke about morphic resonance before but i couldn't quite decide whether we just spoke about it kind of briefly in when we're on another topic but then i went through the episode list and yeah like 20 episodes ago there it is episode 101 morphic resonance so i think we need to do an episode on memory because we couldn't even <laughs> can't even remember what episodes we've done these days well, we have done 120 episodes, so there's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just get a bit. We forget what we've talked about because we talk about that much stuff, don't we? That we, um, that and over the like I said last time, I think we could probably redo a couple of the episodes now as we have moved on and learned new things and evolved and grown. And that's what happens, isn't it? With expansion, things like the morphic resonance and the mycelium layer, we do often talk about these things because you know we like to go down a rabbit hole as well. so we do often forget what we have spoken about. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I go back to like episode 35 and we've already spoken about the mycelium layer. 
we do apologize yeah. if you've heard all this before but i don't think but, i'm pretty sure we haven't done this i'm one. pretty sure we haven't done yeah. this one interestingly though this is where the the morphic resonance was a theory that was um, introduced by rupert sheldrake and he said that like communities can it's like the collective consciousness really isn't it yeah, that you all have a resonance and Interestingly enough, the mycelium layer, I've just read the book Disentangled Life by um, Merlin Sheldrake, who is Rupert Sheldrake's son. So, um, strong names, definitely strong names strong in our family. Names, strong names. So, that's where the link came from. So, Merlin Sheldrake is Rupert Sheldrake's son. Merlin Sheldrake is a fungi. <laughs> hey, that was such an easy joke. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fungi expert. And the book is actually amazing. It's called This Entangled Life. So if you get the chance to to read it, I would recommend it. I'm going to read it again, actually. It's one of those things that you need to read once and then you need to read it again. So I'm going to take it on holiday. Yeah, some books you do learn in layers, don't you? It's kind of, if it's, especially if it's a complex subject, you kind of, absorb every single word can you yeah. and then once once you read it once and you learn the foundations you reread it again then you kind of you learn a little bit more of the intricate details you really start to understand it and know it you don't just learn it and you can repeat it you do start to like it starts to sink in doesn't it probably yeah you're learning the mycelium layer <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm full of good jokes today yeah so the mycelium layer let's just give a definition of it because people might not even know it's there it's like yeah. it was the original internet right so this is like it's it's like the global network um i've got a really technical thing for you to, to listen to the mycelium layer refers to the network of thread-like structures called mycelia that form the vegetative part of the fungi these mycelia grow underground or within the substrate where the fungus is living and play a critical role in nu nutrient cycling and decomposition. But the way I like to think about it is it's like a little network of like little like hair-like structures all the way through underground, like that goes right around the world. And it's really important network. Yeah, it's the the it's interesting when you said it was the original internet. That's kind of mm. a good way to describe it isn't it i think that's what a lot of viewers will kind of make a visual um representation of in the mind it is yeah. like it's it's it spreads information but it's obviously underground but it's this yeah it is this network which is for when was it discovered i don't know when it was discovered but it was been going on oh, since the dawn of time really but it's for it to always have been there and no one to know about it mm. it's uh it's interesting isn't it yeah well ancient cultures knew about it because they used it for medicine as well um did you know that they built the motorways in the UK, some of the motorways, and some in Europe um, using the mycelium layer structure? Yeah, I've heard that. I think you've told, said that fact before, and that's really interesting. So what is it just – did they just follow the exact well, – No, like what they did was they had a plan. Like they had a, like had a structure of all the major cities – in like in the UK or wherever they mm. want to do it. And then they put the fungus in and they see how the fungus connects the quickest way because the fungus is really uh, clever at making like roots and the quickest roots. And I think the M6, if I'm right, it was was um, one of the ones that was created right, using okay. the mice, that, that, like how the, the fungi kind of um, maneuvered its way around yeah. to the different if structures. You, pretty unlucky if you had like a you know a farm or a house in the way of this exactly. fungus. 
Well, is that house? Isn't there in the middle of the M? What is it? The M? What another one that goes across where that farm goes round the farm? The farm wouldn't wouldn't move. I don't blame them. Yeah. So there you go. So roads have been built. It's dead interesting. Like it's really interesting how they use the mycelium layer. Um. So trees, like like fungus, fungus and mushrooms and things like that. Obviously, they're used in, um, like medicine journeys and things like that. They're really powerful. I don't want to say plants don't they plants think they're their own thing aren't they but the the fascinating aren't they like people yeah. think oh magic you're taking magic mushrooms it's just a you know it's a hippie drug it's a it's a recreational drug but no it's actually a it's a medicine isn't it if you and there's obviously the, they're not powerful some of them can be poisonous but other them can take you on these you know otherworldly journeys and discover about yourself so there's there's definitely something really deep and interesting and fascinating about mushrooms and fungi it's it's amazing yeah well didn't um rupert Sheldrake? he came up with the stoned ape theory didn't he though that's the that's the theory that you like isn't it where the apes what differentiated us and changed our dna because there's still a massive dna shift from apes to human and they don't really know how it happened no Um, it's evolution happens but there seems to be like this gigantic leap. <laughs> yeah, the gigantic no kind of explanation leap. Why, yeah. To human. And one of the explanations was that apes actually got psychedelics, <laughs> which changed their structure of their brain, which then changed their DNA. And that's what gave us us humans that yeah. we were born of the psychedelics of apes eating mushrooms, which would explain it really, because like how did it I often wonder how did they decide which mushroom was going to take you on a psychedelic trip and which one was going to kill you and which one was going to taste like beef and which one was going to be nice yeah probably just a process of elimination the old 10 chimps got together and said right you eat that one <laughs> you eat this one like five of them died one of them became a genius the yeah. other one started evolving accelerated one, evolution <laughs> one became human yeah exactly so we'll best eat some of these yeah we'll, we'll take that one so it's dead interesting, I think, like how because fun- fungi don't and uh, they're, they're this kind of weird um, category as well. They're not human. They're not like a, um, like a, they are alive, but they're not pl- a plant, and they're not. They're this weird category, aren't they? Of mm. like, what are they? That's what they're I was like trying to say. Alien it's, life it's, form, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's not a plant. It's not. It's not like conscious like a human. It's just this, yeah, this weird in between. You, it's almost, yeah, like alien. You know, you get these things on Earth, which you think, that if you found that on another planet, you would totally be convinced it came from a different universe, like jellyfish or mushrooms <laughs> or, like, you, you know, there's like, yeah. most things are quite normal, like, you know, like mammals. <laughs> mammals, you can say, oh, yeah, yeah, they're just mammals. They have four legs or two legs or whatever. But then you say like a jellyfish. <laughs> or an underground fungus, and you think, yeah, that that looks something like something off a sci-fi film. Maybe there's a planet somewhere that just has fungus and jellyfish, and they oh, coexist. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Well, there, is a, there is a theory that all the water on Earth came from meteorites, wasn't it? And then oh. the the hit Earth, and then there was melted, uh, there was frozen water on there, so the ice melted and created all the oceans. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it is a theory. Well, what about your theory about aliens coming to Earth that we're about to get told that they are here? Maybe they brought mushrooms and jellyfish. Well, it was funny you should say that. There is a theory that the you were talking about the missing link between apes and humans. 
that um it was aliens that did a form of accelerated evolution on apes to become humans obviously there's no proof of that but there's this like you said there's this weird gap where we don't know why would it happen all of a sudden and so quickly and humans be so much more intelligent than everything else so that's a theory but probably, why un- aliens... probably untrue but I, I don't understand why why would they want us to be accelerated and interesting like yeah it could just be their little you know you know how humans like play with ants and stuff like that we could just be their little game show <laughs> who knows <laughs> but yeah this but in but while we're on that subject really there is a lot of <laughs> a lot of like mainstream information coming out about ufos and extraterrestrial activity and and it's just weird how it's never been spoke about before and there's like footage going back for 70 100 years or whatever even back to like there's ancient uh, pictures and drawings and stuff with little ufos in the background isn't it but it's just never been spoke about in the mainstream but all of a sudden if you know where to look, it's been spoken about heavily, isn't it? So the the question is, why? Why are they talking about it now all of a sudden? Um, There's something damn. going on, I'm telling you. Watch this space. The, the aliens are coming. <laughs> the aliens are coming. I think they're already here. <laughs> preparing to tell us. <laughs> we almost managed to get Dan talking about aliens somehow. That's fascinating, honestly. <laughs> It was even in the New York Times. It was the one of the biggest articles ever in the New York Times, wasn't it? Where the was it? The, the U.S. the the U.S. Uh, Navy, the fleet, got um, unidentified flying objects on video, and it got the New York Times got hold of it. It's the biggest article ever in the New York Times. It was like five years ago or something. Well, I read the other day yeah. that um, scientists are about to tap into um, a parallel universe. <sighs> Are they just using ChatGPT to figure all this out? Or? Yeah, it, <laughs> this is why AI is so um, scary. It can put us into a parallel universe. So, like yeah. somewhere, like I read this theory on quantum mechanics that somewhere there's every, like every version of you that made like, whenever in life you made a decision, like a yes or no decision, like there's a version of you. If you said yes in this life, there's a version of you that said no. Yeah, that's um. That blows my mind because that's just it's so hard to comprehend that. Yeah. And I, I kind of quite wrap my head around it, so it just sounds like a bunch of words. Maybe aliens aren't aliens from a different planet. Maybe the people from a parallel universe. And if the parallel exactly, universes yeah. exist, which now scientists say that, that that they are, it might just be that they've discovered the portal to get through. They just discovered a wormhole. And yeah. maybe, they're, maybe they're doing a podcast simultaneously at the same time as us, <laughs> but they're actually talking about the mycelium layer. That's <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even like, spoken with, given a <laughs> definition what, what it is. What is the mycelium layer? <laughs> <laughs> so, right, back on subject. So the mycelium layer is a, ne- a network underground of fungi that um, is everywhere. It's like little hairs everywhere underground. And it's like, it's like the, the internet before the internet was invented. And it's still there. And trees in the mycelium layer have a symbiotic relationship. And this relationship is called the mycosial association. And trees use the mycelium layer to um, talk to each other. Yeah, so they also can share like nutrition and water. And, you know, like, yeah, it might sound weird, but they share information with each other. But I think the scientists have known for ages that 
you know, the, the environments can communicate with each other mm. because the environments don't want, they, they're not, you know how humans think in terms of, I am a singular human and I look out for me, whereas the environment's kind of not like that. And the, like Mother Nature actually tries to look after itself, like the Gaia effect. Um, mm. And the mycelium layer is probably a big part of that. We're all one. We are connected to the oneness. And that's what the oneness is, isn't it? That we're all we're all playing a part in the in the world, and we all have a have a part to play, and we are all connected. We are all one. If if one of us changes for the better, the whole world changes for the better. Yeah, and it's the analogy I always come back to is it's like the instead of everything being individual, like individual drops of water, it's you no, know, we are like an ocean, but you are a wave. It might seem like you're individual, but really you're connected to everything else. Mm. Um, that's I like that visual representation of you. You are the ocean, but you are just a single wave. But you're connected, really. You just might not. Yeah. You might not seem that way. You are not a drop in the ocean. You are the ocean in a drop. Ah, yes, roomy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the mycelium layer can also it also protects trees. It it stops pathogens from getting into the trees. And um, it protects the root network of trees as well. So it has a protective function. So without the mycelium layer, we basically have no trees. And then we'd basically have no oxygen. And then we'd all be dead. Which is not good because without the bees in the trees. <laughs> That's not good. It's good. Yeah. Bees in the trees and the seas. That's what we need to protect, right? Yeah. So speaking about this mycelium layer, you know, the image that comes to my mind is it's probably not a very good one, but did you watch that show earlier in the year called The Last of Us? Where oh, there's yeah. a where there's the fungus which attacks humans and they turn into zombies. Yeah. Pretty gruesome image, but that's kind of the Yeah, because that was a fungi, wasn't it? Yeah, we it was about um, this on the last podcast. It was cordyceps, yeah. Which the mycelium layer is, you know, it's like it's just the way it moves and grows and spreads information and is is all interconnected. That's the same way this virus worked. So yeah, I actually think like fungus is scary. Like if you think about fungus, it's a scary thing. Mm. I mean, it's like it's living with us at the moment. It's like happy with us, but if it got unhappy with us, I reckon it could like wreak havoc on the human race. Yeah, it's just like it's kind of. Yeah, one of Mother Nature's biggest tools, which can just wreak havoc. And yeah, if you like, I mentioned the Gaia effect just recently. There, the the theory behind the Gaia effect is there's always like an equal and opposite reaction to anything you mm. do to Earth. There's kind of I don't want to say the word backlash, but there has to be like cause and effect. There's, you kind of just do a single thing to the Earth, and there's no reaction. So that's why we see things like climate change and yeah, things like the mycelium layer. These like intelligent conscious things which live inside mother nature might have a kind of uh like a bounce back effect if you treated so poorly there might be like some sort of reaction i know it sounds like overly dramatic and but the guy effect does kind of work like that mm. you know we do we do see extreme weather events and things like that if we if we pollute mother earth for too long th there's going to be a like a, a negative reaction it can break you down yeah, and it, it just literally it's totally humbling. <laughs> yeah, you see things like tsunamis and stuff like that, and Mother Nature is so powerful, and we are we it makes humans seem so inconsequential when there's things like a hurricane or a tsunami, yeah. Mother Nature or like or a drought or something. It's like right, okay, you're gonna mess around with Mother Earth for so long. Like this is this is how easy it is for us to, you know, just eliminate humans. Mm. 
in exactly in mess China. with the ecosystem too much yeah and the ecosystem bites back the empire strikes back um so the mycelium layer has also been used for lots of medicines for humans i mean the ancient cultures have known about um the medicinal purposes of the mycelium but do you want i've got a list of some medicines that you may or may not have heard of that come from the mycelium layer do you want me to tell you them yeah yeah cool penicillin commonly prescribed antibiotic was um part of that was famously wasn't it that he left the petri dish on the side and went away for the weekend yeah it was came back. Mistake, yeah yeah so that was um the fungi um a one called cyclosporine an immune suppressant drug used to reduce the risk of organ rejection in transplant patients uh, love love a statin a uh, Cholesterol lowering medication used used to reduce the risk of heart disease. Ergo, ergo, hits in medicines like this. What have I got like <laughs> why, did I, why did I decide to read this out live? <laughs> Ergotamine, a medication used to treat migraines. And my final one is tacromelinus, immune suppressant, another one to reduce the risk of organ rejection. Uh, isn't it something like 95% of all? cancer drugs or all medical drugs ever created have been used by plants discovered in the amazon rainforest or am i just Something making that like up that, yeah. I've heard no, like no. That. yeah yeah you shouldn't that's why we need to protect these environments yeah and uh, have you seen that ai is discovered a new um antibiotic Pwah, you know, have they've not they've not discovered an antibiotic for years because right, like yeah. Um, and that's been one of the things about like scientists are really worried because everybody's using so much antibiotics and they're on the water, they're in the food that we eat, the water yeah. that we drink, that we're all becoming really um, like suppressed to them. Um, and now AI has like they put AI on the case and it's like told them what like what variations or what strands will produce the most effects and this AI has discovered a new antibiotic. So it can be used for good, but I think we need to do a full podcast episode on AI because it seems to be... Oh my God, I know. It seems to have just the last maybe three or four months. It's just like I know. all people are talking about and like it's it seems to have arrived. And Even Elon people Musk. About it. Yeah, oh, he's, he's not really not keen on it. it, is he? Yeah, yeah. No, and the guy who invented Google, he's not keen. But maybe it's because they're trying, trying to protect their own interests as well because it could be... The yeah. death of Google, couldn't it? Like, well, Google are already making their own version, aren't they? So yeah, um, he might just be trying to stop people using the competitive their competitors' version. But yeah, we need to do a full episode because it's AI was spoke about for years, like twenty years. People have been mentioning AI, and everyone thought, oh, it's it's never going to arrive, you know. But then all of a sudden, it's arrived, and it's now unstoppable. It's like wildfire. Yeah. You can, there's a tool you can use already for AI. ChatGPT came along. Everyone was like, "Wow!" But now there's a, a AI tool for everything you can do. You can do, make artificial, um, like avatars online. You can do voices. You can do pictures, films. It's just, it's going to be that effective that there's no, there's no not going to be a need for me and you to do a podcast. There's going to be a you know an artificial Jill and artificial Dan, and they're just going to talk about a subject, and it'll be almost ninety nine percent realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually. Yeah, it's worrying, isn't it, when you get people like Elon Musk. Then again, Elon Musk is creating that Neuralink where he's going to put 
chips in people's brains, so he can't really. He can't <laughs> really talk, can he? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's really scary. Um, there'll never be an artificial Dan or Jill, though, because come on, who, who could not Why even? Hell I could keep, <laughs> could keep up with our train of thought. Surely, yeah, exactly. we're, we're doing a podcast about the mycelium layer. We've only spent about ten seconds talking about it. Yeah. Um, I, I do you want to know this other interesting fact I learned the other day. This blew my mind. Right. It's kind of linked to AI. It's not linked to the mycelium. Obviously. <laughs> Did you know that the Terminator films and the Matrix films are written by the same person and they are continuations of each other? So the Terminator is where the robots are taking over the world and they're mm. trying to come back to stop that lady from having the baby who's going to kill all the robots, right? Yeah, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. And he's called what? What's the something called? JC, isn't it? Jesus Christ, JC. Um, that's his name. And what the guy in the the baby, right? Okay. Oh, John Connor, yeah. John Connor. So it's JC, like it's Jesus Christ. So the Matrix is like where the robots have taken over and have put all the humans in the in the human farms. Oh no, where is that right? Is it? Uh huh. And Neo is like the the JC. Uh, I like both them films actually. They're really good. They're my two favourite films. Terminator yeah. and the Matrix. Especially the the Terminator. Yeah, watch. There's a new um, show on Netflix about Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like a three part. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, series about it, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good. Obviously, the the first part's about his bodybuilding career, then the second part's his acting career, and part oh. three is his political career. But it's interesting to talk about when he was, did the Terminator and stuff, because he couldn't really speak English, and he was he was a crap actor. And they were trying to, and his agent was trying to get him all these serious acting roles. And in the end, he just went, "I don't want to be an actor. I just want to be a star." <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it was the star in Terminator, but he only had thirty-five lines. <laughs> but it was just his presence, and it, it really suited him, didn't it? And obviously, James uh, Cameron, yeah. the director, like, got the best out of him. So then he just started doing these films like Commando, and and think well, it wasn't serious acting, but it suited his. Like, he was the star. He was the main man, which was a uh, yeah. That's actually really interesting to watch. Yeah, uh, obviously for me, because the bodybuilding part of it at the start was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, oh, interesting. I'll watch that. Good, good thing. So anyway, I'm going to go back to the mycelium layer now. Um, how do we protect the mycelium layer, Dan? What do you think? Well, for one, we need to stop using fungicides and pesticides and herbicides and everything like that into Mother Nature. You know, for like agriculture and. And things like that. That's got to be one of the the biggest killers of um, well, of all wildlife, really. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. that'll be my go-to. I don't know what's what else. Can Pesticides. We do? Yeah. Organic farming methods. Um, avoid disturbing the land, like overplowing mm. it and putting big diggers in it and all that kind of stuff, because that um, wrecks it. Um, plant mycosial fungi, and they're the 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 ones that form the associations with other plants. All right. And yeah, just keep keep the um ground where they live. They like like moist, shady spots like woodlands and stuff like that. So we need to protect the woods and the jungles. On a slightly related topic, which is you know close enough for us. Did you um have you watched Clarkson's Farm? <laughs> Do you no. like that? I hate Jeremy Clarkson. I can't oh, bear Jeremy what? Clarkson. You're, you're missing out, honestly. Well, if you hear Jeremy Clarkson, which I understand a lot of people did or used to, but then you watch Clarkson's Farm. Well, I get you, over my. You kind of learn yeah. to love him. 
Well, I don't hate him. I mean, hate's a very strong word, isn't it? It gets on my nerves a bit. Well, yeah, and I understand that. And he's very uh, outspoken for outspoken sake sometimes, isn't he? But obviously, he's he has a farm, and it's just the fact that he totally embraces being crap at farming. He does everything wrong, (laughs) but obviously, he spreads awareness for for yeah for for wildlife and for nature and things like that. He doesn't do everything perfect, but. Things like planting wildflowers and, and like protecting nature and bees and stuff like that. He actually educates people because he has such a big audience. Mm-hmm. It's it's worth a watch, actually. Um, All right, I'll I'll overcome him. Overcome my. <laughs> he doesn't talk about the mycelium layer, but you know, he does plant a few nice flowers. Oh well, that's cool. So, <laughs> uh, so it's Clarkson's Farm is another recommendation from Dad. <laughs> yeah, so watch the Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> and I recommend reading an enchanted this enchanted life by yeah. Merlin Sheldrake if you want to know more about the mycelium layer because I mean it's a massive subject, isn't it? Like, mm. and so, it's... and we've said this before, but people like um, I think it's Rupert Sheldrake, which is Merlin Sheldrake's father, mm. um, but Rupert Sheldrake has got one of the only two TED talks to ever be banned, which is interesting. Was the other one Graham Hancock? The other one was Graham Hancock. And, oh. and, and Rupert Sheldrick. So, so why did Rupert get banned then? Um, I'm not actually sure. Uh, you can still find it online, obviously. But Shall I have to do a quick Google and see yeah, what... Yeah, um, no, Graham about. Hancock was banned because he was talking about psychedelic drugs being used to, you know, enhance human health and spiritual journeys. And Well, he talks a little bit about the... like, kind like of, what that to be. Yeah. yeah, the evolution. Mm. Of, but normally um, it's a good sign if the mainstream bans something. It kind of shows that you should be looking in that direction, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, um, I don't know what it was about. Graham Hancock, Rupert Sheldrake. Rupert Sheldrake was a talk at Whitechapel, gives a produ- provocative talk about, suggests that modern science is based on 10 dogmas and makes the case that none of them hold up to scrutiny. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, yeah. Yeah. And then people like Graham Hancock, he talks about how um, most of the the theories behind um, like Egyptology are pretty much all wrong, aren't they? It, but the fact that he calls it out and it means that all the Egyptologists would have to then like rewrite all the literature and the books that they've already done. They don't want to do that because in the in the academic world, people like being right and they, they stand on what they firmly believe. But he's yeah. proved a lot of the theories wrong and they just do not want to believe them. So they like they kick him out of all these like academic clubs and cultures, and he, he's been like outcast. <laughs> and like he has to go on someone like Joe Rogan to actually get his voice heard. And then people are like, let's give him a chance. And yeah. you have people like banning his TED talk and stuff. It's it's so political, isn't it? Very, very. People want to protect their their areas, don't they? Yeah, and egos as well. Yeah, indeed, indeed, Dan. So, do we have anything else that we want to say about the mycelium layer in terms of? But it's there. It's the trees use it to send nutrients to each other. We haven't really talked about the communic- communication of trees and connectedness of trees. Trees are amazing, right? Aren't they? Mm. And they um, so a mother tree will protect her saplings and send um, nutrients to the saplings via the mycelium layer. They will also um, signal if there's water shortage somewhere, and a, a tree with water will send the water to the other tree using the mycelium layer they'll also signal if there's any danger in the area so interesting oh it's yeah it's like 
it's because you can't really see it happening. It's like I always think, you know, when you see um, flowers when the sun comes out and all the petals come out and the, you know, and the, but then on a, on a night everything closes back up. But if you just put that in a in a time lapse and like you can see them moving, like they are conscious, aren't they? They're thinking about Helio- this. Heliotropic, isn't it? That's called. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So then, but all these other systems are happening underground, and because you can't see it, you just you, you don't think about it, which I understand because you don't go around thinking about these things all the day, but the earth is alive and all these things are happening. And and, and it's just fascinating, isn't it? When you were saying about the, the trees um, can spread water to other trees through the root system, I don't know what the record is for how far it's been they found water has spread in the root network, but I read that the deepest ever roots for a tree were found a, one mile deep in the ground. Wow. You think a mile deep that is like so the tree might only be 50 foot <laughs> but its roots were a mile deep that's just fascinating to me like it's yeah. and it's hard to even comprehend how deep a mile is <laughs> my god you know, it, took, it took roger bannister four minutes to run a mile <laughs> yeah that's um, so unbelievable is that yeah yeah so it just reminded me i picked my dad up last night and he said he'd been drink, digging out a tree root and um, <laughs> digging fires yeah no with a scaffolding <laughs> pole or something. He had a scaffolding pole in his hand for some reason and he was digging. And then he managed to get pull the tree root out and he <laughs> like he fell over and was lying on the grass with this tree root. Yeah. And at the time his cleaner was in the house and she happened to look out of the window and thought my dad had had a heart attack. <laughs> just, he just conquered the tree root though. Because he was just lying on the grass with <laughs> <laughs> so she ran out to see if he was all right, and he was all right. He just dug really deeply. <laughs> well, you're, you're going away with your dad soon, aren't you? Oh yeah, we're going next week. We're going to um, northern. Well, I, I keep saying northern Spain. It's actually not. I looked at a map yesterday where I'm going. I'm going to Spain. We, we're going round where um, the Peninsula Wars were, the Napoleonic battlefields. Um, so basically, we start in northern Spain, then we go down the side of Spain on the border with Portugal. And then we go across into Madrid, and then we go back up to Pamplona, which is like where they run the bulls through the mm. thing. And yeah. then we go up to Toulouse in France. So we're basically following when Napoleon went round Spain, right. and Wellington's army was chasing him around. And then go back up into Toulouse in France, and then up to Paris, and then back on via Calais. So we're oh, going. Nice. So I'm going to Spain and France, and like on a bit of a tour around to all these um. So there's lots of fortified cities and stuff around there as well. Like when Wellington laid siege, famously laid siege to one of them. Um, Maybe Napoleon was like was following the mycelium layer around Europe <laughs> to like find the quickest route to conquer. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, maybe he was. I think actually, I don't even think it was Napoleon. It was his brother that was in Spain because Napoleon was up in Russia, like trying to conquer Russia as well. Uh. So. Anyway, there, there's another thing, the Napoleonic Wars, so the Peninsula Wars, that's what I'm, I'll, I'll be full of information about them when I come back, I'll tell you all about it. Because the only thing I know about them at the moment is what I've read in sharp books. Well, I know absolutely zero, and I'm going on holiday <laughs> at the same time as you, and I'm doing the exact opposite. <laughs> I'm going to sit in the sun in Greece, I'm just going to decompress and yeah, enjoy Yeah, you don't like the sun, do you? You're like... Uh... Uh... You're not real. I'll sit in the shade then. Okay, we'll sit in the shade. <laughs> 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 oh, look, Sarah's just put a cut. Hi, Sarah. Um, I wish I'd seen this go live. Now I know what you both look like. Well, Sarah knows what I look like anyway, because she takes all my photographs. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I just didn't know what you yeah. were like. Well, I'm just an AI generated process. This is actually, you know, this is that's not really Dan. Doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan, is your beard starting to get one of those things? Are you getting one of these things coming out? Yeah. Yeah. It's super long. Are you actually you know doing that on purpose? No, no, I'm not. Just, <laughs> you know what it is? I was, because I'm going away next week, I wanted to get a, a fresh haircut and beard trim ah, like, right, right before God, I went yeah. away. So I've left it for like way too long. But yeah, I'm starting to look like one of those, you know, circus weightlifters from the... Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought you were going, going for, those like traditional next, weightlifters. Like... Yeah, I'll come, I'll, next time I'll wear like a, a leopard skin leotard and have an old dumbbell. <laughs> and a top hat. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sarah says, nice to meet you, Dan. So I recommend Sarah for all the photography needs. In fact, I've got, Sarah, when, when I come back from the holidays, when I've got a tan, <laughs> I'm going to have some more photographs <laughs> yeah. with Sarah. Um, so thank you, Sarah. And yes, nice to meet you, Dan. See, nobody knows what you look like, Dan. No, I'm just an enigma. I'm just a voice from the shadows. You are. Now I'm, I'm, just, I'm just your subconscious. You're <laughs> <laughs> just someone I rattle on every now and then. So thank you, everyone. Are, are we finished on our chat about... Um... Think about everything like... we finished on our chat about everything apart from the mycelium layer yes i think we should wrap up we've gone on for 40 minutes like <laughs> talking about not the mycelium layer. <laughs> even though that's no, what no. the podcast was meant to be about yeah. we've got lots of things to say haven't we so you know there's lots of things going on in the world that we need to talk about as well yeah we, we're pretty consistent with being inconsistent with our subject aren't we so <laughs> yeah so oh we kind of haven't talked about my book Oh yes, I of just course. finished my book last week. I probably won't be going. Um, I probably won't be ready for publishing about September because writing a book is such a pain in the ass. So it takes a good nine months to birth. So it's a little bit like a, a human. So you know, I'm going through the birthing process with you, Dan. Only mine's a book. Give, um, give, give it a name as well. Yeah. So it's called the Embodied Core. And it's all about, I started off writing it. It was meant to be a mini book first. And it was just about like the site. Like I've been working with men and women for many years, healing back pain. And what I discovered is, and Paul Check is absolutely right. In fact, this quote is in my book that um, men are like dump trucks and women are like Ferraris. And it's totally true. Like to fix a man's back pain is so easy. It's just like usually mechanical, usually just getting some strength training in and some mobility training. And that's fine. Women, it's a whole different kettle of fish. Mm -hmm. It's like, so the science around it. So I looked at all the current research because there's not that much research around women and back pain because, of course, women have just been an anomaly of, of science and nobody's actually researched them only in the last five years and what they found is that bladder health bowel health gut health and um, breathing have a much more impact than sedentary life and being overweight which in oh, men well. it's mostly being sedentary and being overweight in women yeah. it's not that that's not the case so um so that was so i started writing that bit that element and then, of course, I went into the whole spiritual side and that actually took up loads of space in terms of like that we hold more trauma in there. We've got childbirth, sexual, all this kind of trauma. It totally gets shut off. We're not embodied. We are um, the archetypes, the archetypes that we come into, the energy about it all, the chi, the prana, the life force energy and all that kind of stuff. So that ended up taking up more of my book space than the actual scientific bit so and then because I, I was just going to call it the core connection and then i thought no the embodied core is more of a no oh, it's a powerful so it's, name yeah it's the physical and the spiritual side of the core which is like 
Well, I do. So I don't just do the physical or just do the spiritual. I do them both. Yeah, because I imagine, just like as a quick example, if <clears throat> uh, if a, a female has back pain and you could go through all of the, you know, the, 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 the mechanical, the physiological aspects yeah. and try and stretch and strengthen and stuff. But if there's some trauma held somewhere from like childbirth or even th- like you said, like the menstrual cycle and stuff, it, it can still persist. I know Paul Cech did a, I've never, I haven't read the full article, but he, he did it with Matthew Walden called the ghost in the machine. And that was oh, kind of such a good article. Yeah. And that's kind of based around the same principles of there's, there's deep underlying factors. Um, and there's the book called the body holds the score where we, we hold on to pain and trauma and stuff. And that could be the, the sign of back pain um, and poor core control and things. So it goes, yeah, some people do just need, um, the really simple, you would say, kind of surface level things, like just a few lifestyle changes, mm-hmm. some stretching and strengthening, posture work, and that's great. But there are people where it, it goes a lot deeper, and that's where a skilled um, people like a, a high-level Czech practitioner um, and someone like yourself who can go in and look into deeper causes, things like breathing and stuff like that, can are really valuable because people can go through misery with back pain and poor core, um, poor core control and things like that. Yeah. So that's what my book's about, basically. Yeah. And it's uh, and I need to do the videos, but it's going to come with a full set of videos as well. About mm, yeah. it, what, what exercises to do. Well, you can put my so, name down for a signed author's copy. Yeah. Vintage, vintage condition, and I'm going to sell it in like 50 years when you're a, uh, you know, you're dead. New York Times <laughs> number one bestsellers. Yeah, when you're dead, I'm going to cash in on your firm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Um, yes, of course, I will be offering free, not free, <laughs> signed copies. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, look, Sarah's, um, are you seeing Sarah's comments here? So Sarah said, love oh, your podcast. To... Always full of knowledge and giggles too when you both go off topic. Well, we rarely stay on topic, to be fair. Like, we could oh, be yeah, doing... Yeah, and um, oh, yes, Sarah. So some of Sarah's photos will be in there as well. Oh, brilliant. And... Oh, so that's, I think that's it. Oh, look, and there's another book I've got by the side of me. It just popped into my vision. The When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate. That's such a good book as well. I see the the addiction expert. Yes. All right, yeah. I've Your never read any of his stuff. I've seen, yeah, I've seen some of his clips on, on uh, online and stuff, and he seems like a switched-on cookie, doesn't he? He's a switched-on cookie. <laughs> <laughs> In technical terms, he's a switched-on cookie. Right, I don't have anything else left to say, Dan, do you, for today? No, let's wrap it up. That's, uh, yeah, we've gone down many rabbit holes today. Yes, and um, so that is the Supernatural Podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. You can ask Alexa to play the Supernatural Podcast. And um, is that, where else can you find us, Dan? I think we're everywhere, aren't we? We're everywhere. We're everywhere. And wherever you listen, if you just give us a, a like and a subscribe and a quick comment, maybe it just helps the algorithm, you know, the AI spread the message a little bit. Through um, the mycelium layer. Yeah. And just if you just want to share it with someone, then it helps even more. It certainly does. Now, um, I hope you all have a fantastic day in this beautiful sunshine. And um, yeah, you can find me on my website, organicpilates.co.uk. Where can I find you, Dan? You can find me just, you know, on these podcasts. But next time you'll see me, and I'll actually be looking more human in this overgrown. I think I've got a bit of a mycelium layer going on here. Yeah. Can you remember yeah, in lockdown when you started turning into like a caveman? That was hilarious. Oh, like was every great, time I saw yeah. Danny, you'd had to like 
in fact we should have had video then because it was hilarious because dan yeah. was turning into this kind of like wolf man yeah we'll say werewolf i know that's what was good to spring into mind <laughs> yeah i should really see if i can get in the comments and put a photo of what i used to look like during lockdown because it wasn't a good look was it <laughs> it was hilarious every time i saw you you had like your beard was like brown ear almost yeah I know. like like some wild man of the woods mm. Well, next time I'll be back from Greece. I'll have had a haircut. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, have had a tan. I'll, I'll be looking like an AI generated, you know, uh, yeah. photo image. So, when you, when you get a tan, Dan, because you're very, you're one of your the, the pale and interesting race, aren't you? Mm, we'll see. I might, I might do it as a little experiment. Mm. Yeah. We'll okay. See. Right. Okay, my dears, have a lovely day, and uh, thanks for listening. And don't forget to share and comment. And thank you for your comments while we've been doing our live and big love to you all